You know how fucking stupid you have to be to even think something like that, let alone say it publicly and act like you're fucking serious. What's happening, guys? It is your boy Memphis, and it is the Dynasty War Zone. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about Dynasty offseason news or Dynasty offseason noise. Uh, no Jerry again this week. This week, real work, real life uh, has gotten in the way. But uh, speaking of noise, won't you make a little bit for my guest tonight? He is the head editor and YouTube manager at Player Profiler. Uh, he's a YouTuber. He's a fantasy footballer. And he's a, a lifelong baseball guy. He is Mr. Seth Diewald of the Dynasty Roundtable. Seth, my man, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. The Dynasty Warzone, and I'm not saying this just to blow smoke, but it's been one of my favorite shows in the Dynasty uh, space for a long time. You and Jerry just recently celebrated your 800th episode, and that's kind of hard to fathom for somebody like me who's just kind of getting started here. I think we've done maybe 30 or 40 dynasty roundtables at this point or something like that. I'd have to go back and count, but it, man, it's uh, I'm excited to talk about this topic that we've got tonight because I think it's so important for dynasty managers, especially in this time of the, the year, but I'm just, I'm just excited to be here, man. No, I'm fired up and I, and I love your show too. So if you don't know what the dynasty round table is, I need you to rectify that quickly because if you found this on the player profile or YouTube channel or the audio channel, or if you're one of the OG listeners that listens to us on the dynasty Warzone channel, go over to player profiler and proactively find the dynasty round table. It's good stuff. Um, plug your co-host real quick. Yeah, Matt Babich has um, elevated the show. Like it's it's just fun. Like I won't waste too much time like talking about the origins of it. But it used to be the writers' roundtable, and Matt would just come on all the time. Like as a guest, he would always be volunteering. Like yeah, I'll I'll come on the show. And this was at a time when we were just getting started, and our viewership is nowhere near what it is now. And just kind of seeing like our partnership grow. You know. Hopefully we we can be, you know, something of a, a Memphis and Jerry kind of relationship. But like Matt Babich is the absolute man. Don't take his J.J. McCarthy take seriously. OK, he needs to leave J.J. McCarthy alone, but he is a fantastic co-host. And you should go follow him right now on Twitter at Babich underscore Matt 10. Uh, so my co-host, I, I couldn't do the show without him. Like I'm like, I don't know if it's this way on the Dynasty War Zone, but a show without Matt Babich, it's kind of like. Oh man, like, it's I, tough. Yeah, it's tough doing that with that without your normal co-host. But yeah. it's also good to have to have guests, and mm -hmm. and and you guys are doing great. You just uh, how do you get to eight hundred shows? You just do one every single week. Do two when you can, and and the next thing you know, yeah, eight hundred shows. I will say this for for Matt. He and I shared a uh, a bonding moment when I did a guest spot on your show a while back. We did a bonding moment over continuous improvement. And both of us working in the manufacturing in, uh, industry for our quote unquote day job. But uh, real quick, before we we get into everything, I, I want to plug Josh Larkey's back. If you're a player profiler guy, you're a dynasty lady or guy, you're into gambling and all those things, you know Josh Larkey. Um, sometimes some 
bad things happen and, and, and good things happen in return and, and Josh is back and he's got a brand new show. It's debuting this week. It's going to be on the Player Profiler YouTube channel and on the podcast channel. Please check it out. And if you watch it on the YouTube channel, please leave in the comments that Seth and Memphis sent you to watch the Dynasty Dominator with Josh Larkey back on Player Profiler. So excited to say Josh Larkey. I've had him on as a guest, but to call him a teammate, pretty cool stuff. And you know what else is a Dynasty Dominator? This is a Dynasty Dominator. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Five bucks, Seth. Like that's a very basic black coffee at Starbucks. Five bucks. But for for five bucks for the season, so when the new stuff gets uploaded, you'll have that tool in your pocket, on your smartphone, able to, to, to compete at any level in Dynasty. We love the Dynasty Dominator. And uh, so we're going to do good people, bad tweets. But the whole point of this show, and I tweeted this out over the weekend, it's like the reason why I called it news or noise is because you're going to see a lot of stuff on Twitter, especially if you're on Twitter. You're going to hear it on some podcasts. A lot of people are just looking for content. I don't know that they believe the things that they say. But that's what we're going to get into here in a minute. We're going to tell you if we think a topic is news or noise. Um, but we got to do good people, bad tweets. And it's it's already off to such a fast start, Seth, that I have two. Two good peoples with bad tweets. We'll start with the first one. Um, Fusu Vu. If you know Fusu, he's been around forever. Uh, some of his takes are spot on. Some of them are pretty out there. This one right here, it may be an all-timer. Fusu says Caleb Williams is just power five Malik Willis. Now I see you smiling. You must have a thought on this one. Oh man. Caleb Williams to me is just watching the film mechanically. Like I, cause right now, as everybody knows, I'm a big bears fan. And so this is the big debate raging on bears. Twitter is do we keep Justin 
fields or do, do do they draft Caleb Williams? And it's Caleb Williams is the guy. Like we're not talking about Drake May, Jaden Daniels. It's just the assumption that Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick. Frankly, I agree. I think Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this class. He's one of the best quarterbacks I think I've ever watched play college football, at least in the last five years. I can't really recall somebody that at times now he are there things he has to improve and clean up. Yes, he plays hero ball sometimes a little bit too much. Just watch the Notre Dame game. And I think there's some examples of that. But as, as a prospect, comparing him to Malik Willis, I mean, come on, dude. Come on, bro. Like it, it feels like, low. It feels like we're, we're, yeah. we're. I mean, it feels like we're reaching at that point. Like I'm not the biggest Caleb Williams fan in the world. Um, I think the term generational gets thrown around way too much. But I think he's really damn good at football. And see, this is why Seth's on the show. This is why you listen to Seth's show. He's very practical. You heard it in his answer. If you don't remember, hit rewind. He said he's the best quarterback I've seen in recent memory. Five years. That's a grown-up professional take on a college football player. He is really good. He's the best. He's the best prospect that we've seen in college since Trevor Lawrence. That's a wonderful take, Seth. So your take is wonderful. This take is bad. But wait, there's more. We have another good person with a bad tweets, and this comes from the Fantasy Points account. And it says, our guy B.G. Whitefield makes the case for J.J. McCarthy as the QB1 in the 2024 NFL draft class. I don't know Mr. Whitefield. Uh, I'm sure he's a a, a fabulous content creator in, in his own right. But that's what this is. That's content. This is not something you act on. This is someone who's got to type up words or do a podcast. That's content, Seth. What do you think when you re- when you read this on the show sheet? When I read it on the show sheet, I think I think JJ McCarthy has a lot of good qualities that need to be improved as a quarterback. And I think that Michigan offense ran through Blake Corum. That was a run heavy scheme that that Jim Harbaugh employed. And so JJ McCarthy, he's mobile, he has a good enough arm, but I think the best case scenario for somebody like him is honestly the Patrick Mahomes treatment. Like if he gets drafted by an offensive coach, gets to sit a year, he he probably could have benefited another year in college, really, out of all these quarterbacks. Like he was the one that I thought, well, he he probably should go back and develop. I know that Michigan team, Jim Harbaugh's leaving. They're going to lose a lot of pieces on that team. So it, there, it made sense for him to go to the NFL. I understand why he did it. And who knows, maybe he's going to be a top, 15 pick maybe who like first round we'll see but really the best case scenario for him is maybe to get drafted by somebody who already has a starter let him sit a year let him develop let him learn how to be a professional because there's a lot I like but there's also a lot left to be desired with JJ McCarthy so saying that he's the quarterback one in the class yeah that's content that's just you're looking for clicks is what you're that- now, now you as you said that you gave me a really wonderful idea. T- tell me what you think. Now, any of the you know you mentioned eight hundred episodes. Any of the longtime listeners know what a fan of Sam Darnold I was, am, was. Um, <laughs> Sam, Sam, Sam Darnold. What do you think about this? Sam Darnold signs like a one year deal in Denver with Sean Payton, and then they draft JJ McCarthy. 
So Sam Darnold starts the season. We're going to keep the young guy on the bench. Um, if the season gets away from us, it's probably going to get away from them. At some point, they do the the Thanksgiving-ish handoff to J.J. McCarthy. But I, I think that's wonderful. And then he gets to spend the majority of his career as the hand-picked quarterback. You mentioned a veteran, offensive-minded head coach. I think that is everything but Sean Payton's name. And in a division where he would be able to put up really good fantasy points. But I, I agree. He is my QB4. Four or five, because I, I kind of like Bo Nix more than a lot of people. Uh, I, I don't think that's a blast for me. I'll, I'll tell you, I have four and five as a toss-up between Nix and McCarthy, and then I have two and three as a toss-up between May and Jaden Daniels. Because I think all four, I think to, to break those two ties is going to come down to landing spot for those guys. What do you think? I I. I completely agree. I have it, uh, Caleb Williams, uh, Daniels, May, but it's close between Daniels and May because May does some good things. But honestly, like, there's some people who really, really like him, and I'm like, oh, like he's closer to Daniel Jones to me. Like, he, it's fine. It's oh he's no, good. he's good. Like, I, I think he, like, he landing spot is going to be important for him. But if he gets drafted by like the Patriots, like, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that's a landmine that, you know. Who knows like what can happen if that happens, but that's definitely going to affect the rankings for me. And then I have McCarthy at four and then I have uh, Bo Nix at five. So I, we basically are the we're, exact we're right there. I mean, because yeah. because the, 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 there's like three tiers. There's Caleb Williams, tier, May and Daniels, tier, Nix and McCarthy. Now, w- once you get them within a tier, you do with, with them what you please. But you said it. I wouldn't I wouldn't wish the weapons of the New England Patriots on my worst enemy. I mean, goodness gracious. And I mean, is Kendrick Bourne the wide receiver one there? That's that De- uh, Demario. Yo, Douglas, Demario Douglas, right? Yeah, I forgot and about him. Flashed last, so he's probably their best receiver on their team. But who knows, man? Like, who knows what'll happen? I mean, it very well could go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It could go, and who knows, like, what quarterbacks come after Caleb Williams and got like it really looks like Chicago's going to take Caleb Williams, but. That's not a for sure thing either. So oh, I I I uh, I will take those odds. Um, I said this last year. Uh, it's nothing. I mean, and, and if you're a if you're a, a fan of Justin Fields, him getting traded somewhere else, although the the odds on favorite for him to go is as bad of a landing spot as the the, the team he's currently at. So you're you're really hoping he he lands with Atlanta you're I'm, my pick will be and will continue to be the Las Vegas Raiders feels like a raider uh it's a great place you got Devontae Adams uh I love the fact that they hired Marv uh Marv Lewis Marvin Lewis former head coach of the Bengals as an uh, assistant head coach kind of like that mentor for Antonio Pierce but He'll have some input on the offense, and he was a pretty good offensive coordinator. He's reunited with Luke Getze. What could possibly go wrong? But that is good people. That is bad tweets. And as promised, here's a new Dana White sound drop for you. In this room knows the way that I feel about a lot of things. Basically, I don't give a fuck (laughs) is the answer to most things. Uh, Everybody's too soft. Everybody's too sensitive about everything. I mean... He's right. Everybody's too sensitive about everything. That's good people, bad tweets. It's called good people because these are good people. Those are just bad tweets. That's how they wound up on the show. 
But uh, in the vein of good people, bad tweets, we're going to talk about some topics, and I've got it divided up into two segments. We're going to take three that are related to free agency, and then we're going to do three related to the draft. And, and these are just ones that I've, I've seen on Twitter a bunch. They're very popular and polarizing. So, Seth, you are the guest. I am going to ask you, T. Higgins, is he the dynasty asset whose value has the widest range of outcomes this offseason? Wow. I, I don't think so because I think that's Justin Fields, honestly. Like, I think Justin Fields, could, the value could just plummet. Like, if if an NFL team doesn't, like, if the Bears are stuck with him and they draft the quarterback and there's not really, like, because we're hearing a lot of things about Justin Fields. Like, Adam Schefter basically came out and said, oh, like, the Bears will get a first-round pick like maybe for sure a second round pick for Justin Fields. And then some other NFL talent evaluators are going, well, the market for Justin Fields isn't what you think it is. So that like, who knows what that means? Like all of that combined, because I trust both of those sources. So I, I well, honestly, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you. He, he's getting the Sam Darnold. Speaking of my, my, my boy, Sam yeah. Darnold, he's going to wind up probably getting the Darnold two and a five yeah. new, new opportunity. So, um, but I know you love him. I'm sure you love him. You're a Bears fan. Uh, yeah. Most Bear fans do. Yeah, no, I. but yeah, it just it's going to depend on where he lands because if he lands in Atlanta, yeah, that, that's probably a good thing. But he could go to a not so nice situation like, who knows, New England. Like that could be a, a place where if they decide they, they want Justin Fields, who knows, new coaching staff and all that. So I don't think he has the widest range of outcomes. However, I do think that the hype on T Higgins is more likely than not to get out of control to the point where his value gets really, really high, especially when we come around redraft season. I was on the hurdle with Cody and Maddie and I said, you know what, like the candidate to, to look really good in shorts, especially if he's some team's wide receiver one, like if some team decides to pay him, uh, whichever team that might be, he is going to look great in training camp. Like he's my Calvin Ridley nominee. For this year like I think that there's more likely than not like his value is probably going to go up if he gets that you know that contract that he's been looking for and he gets away from Cincinnati that's that's my prediction that like he's the guy who's going to get the hype in training camp and who's going to get pushed up in redraft and therefore in dynasty as well so I don't I, I to answer the question I don't think he has the widest range of outcomes because I think that belongs to Justin Fields uh I agree that he that he being T Higgins is not the one with the widest range of outcomes. I like the Justin Fields call. I think it's got to be one of these these running backs. I think it's got to be oh. a Saquon Barkley or a, an, an Austin Eckler. We're going to talk about the free agent running back class here in just a minute. But I've always thought T Higgins was overvalued, and if he winds up in Carolina, if he winds up in I don't know any place where he's the one, but if they both hit the market and I, from what I've read, Higgins is going to get the franchise tag, okay. but if Higgins and Michael Pittman both hit the market and they were actually free agents, like you're wearing a baseballism hat. I'm a baseball guy. We know that in major league baseball and even the NBA, when you hit free agency, you're actually a free agent. But I think if Michael Pittman and T Higgins were both legitimately on the market, Michael Pittman would go first and for more money. So I don't I don't think he's leaving Indianapolis. They've got the cap space to make these things happen. Uh, 
But yeah, I think T. Higgins is already overcooked in the market. I thought he was too high coming into last year's startup season drafts. But this year, we are on the definitely on the same page. And so I mentioned the running back class. The 2024 free agent running back class is going to be an all-timer. And it's going to shake up the dynasty rosters. Um, and these are things to take note if you're doing startups. You know, we're getting ready to do our first startup of the season over at our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Still spots for you. We have an orphan, one orphan left. And uh, if you're interested, you know where to go. There'll be a link in the show sheet. But here are some of the running backs that are free agents. You have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, the aforementioned Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, which he's kind of shot, DeAndre Swift, uh, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Kareem Hunt, everybody loves Rashad Penny, and then Antonio Gibson. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are going to be out looking for for work. And like I'll, I'll just, I'm less concerned about the guy, but I'll ask you: Is this news or is this noise? Is this going to be something big, or do you think this is just uh, me making too big of a deal of it? Um. Is it a cop out to say somewhere in between? Because I feel like there's going to be a few signs. Like, I, it feels like the Ravens are going to sign one of these guys. Like, probably, like they, they've been linked to Derrick Henry in the past. So I feel like there's probably one or two big moves coming. Um, but when you get, like, I think that's probably going to be Saquon and Derrick Henry, for instance. But it, it makes too much sense, really, for Josh Jacobs not to stay with Las Vegas. I, I, if he goes somewhere, I'd, I'd kind of be surprised. Tony Pollard's another name to, to monitor. He disappointed last year. Um, so his landing spot is going to be interesting. But I think, I don't know. I, I think there's going to be a couple big moves. But to say that it's going to be the biggest shakeup uh, for our dynasty rosters, I'll tell you one name that I'm, I'm still holding out hope for. And maybe I, I'm just a glutton for punishment at this point. But I think Antonio Gibson, like I, I'm just I've just always been a fan, so I'm I'm going to be interested to see where he winds up, and uh, that's a name I'm going to pay special attention to. But I don't know; I don't have a strong opinion either way. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you think. I, I think it is, especially in one QB leagues. Uh, if you play one QB leagues, you know that premium running backs are are the currency that drives the one QB league. Um, now if you were doing a startup today, your first six, eight picks are all going to be wide receivers and they should be, but having a good fleet of running backs in uh, a single QB league is, is very important. What's going to happen is like, it's like the game musical chairs. If you ever played musical chairs, someone is going to wind up without a spot and they're going to have no value. And it could be guys that we've really liked, like J.K. Dobbins. There's a real world where, you know, he's trying to pick up on a squad in in the summer. Like he he needs an injury in camp to get a job. I, I'm just hoping to 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 win some like lottery tickets. Because for me, I'm less concerned about the guy, and I'm more concerned about which guys get the good spots. Who does who does Jim Harbaugh annoy as the running back of the L.A. Chargers? Who, because we know he likes to run the ball. So who is he going to run the ball with and with Justin Herbert? You know, who's going to go to Cincinnati? Because Joe Mixon's not on this list, but he'll be cut. Who's yeah. going to go to Cincinnati? Who's going to go to Houston? 
If they let Tony Pollard walk in Dallas, who goes to Dallas? I mean, these are the spots, and these are the spots that if you've held out hope for this long, and like A.J. Dillon, I didn't mention his name, but he's the kind of guy that if he winds up in that Harbaugh offense, I mean, are you going to be excited about A.J. Dillon again? Yeah. It would be hard not to be. It would be hard not to be. So what you're doing, as we record this on the 19th of February, we're we're literally four weeks away from from Wednesday. It may not even be. Yeah, it's four weeks. It's four weeks away from Wednesday's free agency. The combine's right around the corner. Uh, I think I think the 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 running back class is huge, um, and you're just hoping to get a good spot. Like I would love to see uh, DeAndre Swift in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. I, I just I, th- I think that would be a wonderful landing spot. But someone's going to win that, and, and someone's not. Uh, the next topic that I have for you, sir, speaking of free agents, it's the quarterback position. And you've already mentioned one, uh, obviously your favorite uh, tumultuous quarterback situation, Mr. Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. But uh, is the veteran QB market, is it in for big changes between the veterans available and the potential trade market? Is the is the quarterback offseason carousel going to be news or noise? I think it's more noise because I, I have a hard time with Minnesota moving off of Kirk Cousins. And we, we were talking about it just on Mock Draft Live. I guess, according to Tyler Knable, that, they, that some Minnesota fans are convinced that they're going to draft J.J. McCarthy and have him sit behind Kirk Cousins. That would be a, I think that would be great for J.J. McCarthy. We'll see if that happens. But I have a hard time believing that they have a better option than Kirk Cousins. And I think Kirk Cousins... I mean, he was playing some of the best football he's ever played before he got hurt. Ryan Tannehill is probably going to go somewhere. Uh, early rumors were that Pittsburgh was interested in him, but Pittsburgh seems to be interested. Like they've been in on, like supposedly on Justin Fields. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to go anywhere. I think he resigns with Tampa Bay. It's going to be interesting to see where Gardner Minshew goes because I think he played well enough to maybe throw his hat in the Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill. Like if you need a spot starter to bridge to another quarterback, you can do a hell of a lot worse than uh, Gardner Minshew, the way he played last year. Um, so I, I don't think so. I, I don't th- I think this is more noise than anything, just because the the top name there, Kirk Cousins, it's, it's going to be hard for me to imagine a world where Minnesota believes that they have a better option, but I could be wrong. Uh, for for me, this one was news because the name that you mentioned that's going to be that you did not mention that's going to be available is going to be Russell Wilson. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. and the NFL has changed so dramatically, and that's why I love Dynasty. I'll be honest; that's why I love the off season because the NFL is a lot like technology. You know, what was big in the iPhone five years ago is no longer a thing. Um, I mean, it's still on your phone, but it's nowhere near as important as it was. So if you don't stay up to date on technology, you can fall behind very quickly. And that's how the NFL is. If I'd have told you three, even three years ago, there's going to be a time when Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, and Russell Wilson are all going to be market free agents. They can sign anywhere they want. No salary, excuse me, no um, franchise tag. They're wide open. They can go anywhere. You, you would have told me I was full of shit. And sometimes I am. But not about that. I, th- I think it's going to be big. Um, I-, I think there's potential for success. Like a Ryan Tannehill, I know he's boring, 
But reunite him with Arthur Smith, with Deontay Johnson, with George Pickens, with Pat Fryermuth. What should be a better? I mean, the offensive line is pretty good. You know, Najee's not great, but you got Jalen Warren there. I, I would be intrigued by Kirk Cousins, and I think those other guys get a bit of a boost because no, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he is a proven veteran who can get the ball out. So I, I, I that's why I think it's a little bit more of a of a bigger deal. Yeah, to your point, like, sometimes I think people pretend like, oh, you you know, you got you got to go get one of these top quarter. It's like there's only like eight of those guys, if that. So what what are your options if you're Pittsburgh? I mean, do you stick with Kenny Pickett or you know Ryan Tannehill's out there, Russell Wilson, like you mentioned? Um, so you got to do something. So there's going to be opportunities for these guys somewhere. Like there's 32 of these these jobs, especially in these super flex leagues, man. I mean, you're and right. that's why when you get one of these like elite quarterbacks in a super flex, you just don't trade them. Yeah, I know it'd be great to have all of these things, but if you if, there's like a certain peace of mind, even in a one QB league, to be quite honest, that when you have the quarterback, it's just one less thing to worry about because you can always draft. You can always get lucky, draft a good, you know, running back. And I guess there's the occasional Brock Purdy, but there's not always a, a, a lot of times where Patrick Mahomes just falls into your lap or Josh Allen. It, and then once you don't get them, they're really, really hard to get. That's why Caleb Williams, it's why you'd want the 101. We're going to talk about that on this coming Sunday show uh, about draft picks. But, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see the QB market. Um, I'll be curious to see if there's any trades with QBs. Um, and I, I do think, I, I like your call earlier, just to tie it all back to the J.J. McCarthy thing, there is a world where after we saw what Joe Flacco did that does a team want to do a bridge year with Carson Wentz, with Sam Darnold? Jacoby Brissett is a great handoff QB. He can come in. He, he's, he's a weird, and I'm a Colts fan. I've, I've, I've seen the Jacoby press conferences. He, he can have some, some, some weird takes about flat earth and what have you. But these are the kind of guys that, that could shake up the landscape of dynasty. So for me, I thought this was more news, but, uh, we're, we're going to jump into one more little commercial. We'll be back, and then uh, we'll wrap the show up with some more news and noise. Oh, hey, it's uh, Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also Breakout Finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall breakout finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that well we give you the data points that go into the model we have a feature that lets you compare players and then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver every running back sorted and filterable by class year so when i'm talking to my friends and i need to show them why i'm so bullish on player x i pull out the breakout finder and bam there he is so go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the Breakout Finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. Yeah, the best part about the Breakout Finder is that it's an app. 
and you just download it on your phone. It's like five bucks. You don't even see it in your phone bill. You just assume they threw in another weird tax and your phone bill went up five bucks. Your significant other would, would never know. They would literally have to go through your phone bill with a fine tooth comb and it's five bucks. It's, it's, it's totally well worth it. Uh, great app. So let's get into some rookie news or noise. Now we're going to get into this from a dynasty standpoint. Um, this is a two-parter. Caleb Williams is the absolute 101 in Superflex, and Marvin Harrison is the absolute 101 in a one QB league. Is that news that we can act on? Hey, this is true, or is this noise that you're just hearing? I think I'll, I'll start with Caleb Williams. I think for me, I've I've um, gone back and forth on this as I've gone through the process. I think Caleb Williams is my 101 in a Superflex draft for the reasons that we talked about because that he's the he's the potential guy that could hit and hit big and once you once you find one of those guys you you don't want to don't want you don't want to give them up one because I don't know if you've ever gone through the exercise like of, of having a rebuild team with Patrick Mahomes on I found myself in that situation before and it's like okay well let's see what I can get you can never get what he's worth I like the, the like the, the odds that you can get what he's worth are very very low. That that's another reason why you're you're more likely to keep these guys. And if I see a quarterback that I believe could be, and I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes yet. I'm not doing that. I'm more comparing him like we talked about to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, if if that quarterback is a first round pick in a dynasty startup, if I believe that that he has the potential to be that, I think I don't have any other choice in a super flex league, but to take him now to talk about Marvin Harrison jr. I do believe that he is in a tier of his own in this wide receiver class. I love Malik neighbors, but it feels like the, the, the noise is that now some people are coming out and, and some people that I respect. And, you know, so it makes me turn on the tape again and reevaluate, reevaluate my opinion. I love Malik neighbors too, but to me, Marvin Harrison jr. He, he looks different, man. He looks like a CD lamb, AJ green type. And there are no sure things in this dynasty game that we play. But to me, he's about as, as good of a bet as you can make at that one-on-one spot for me, Malik neighbors, fantastic player. But for me, it's Marvin Harrison jr. But again, I, I want to hear what Memphis thinks. Well, uh, you, you, we, we agree on Caleb Williams. You just can't, you know, I, I like to compare him to Trevor Lawrence. I think that's more fair to him. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I see a lot more Trevor Lawrence than Andrew Luck. I'll just be, be real honest. Um, but if he is Trevor Lawrence, then you got like uh, worst case scenario, the QB 10 to 12 on a season. And that's a QB one. You can always use those. Those don't grow on trees. Those are not easy to get. I, and I think that's his floor. If he hits his ceiling, we're talking top three to five. Um, I don't know that he'll ever have the rushing touchdown prowess of a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson or a, or a Jalen Hurts to get that Konami code to really increase him. But his passing makes him so useful that you just can't. I think the real power, and this is one of the topics we're going to talk about on Sunday, I think the real power in Superflex is the 102. Because if you have the 101, you have to take Caleb Williams. It's the same reason why the Bears have to take Caleb Williams. Yep. Because 
if you pass, whether you're a dynasty gamer like us or you're Ryan Poles and you pass on Caleb Williams and he goes on to do all of the things that people said he would go to the NFL and do, then you're always the person who passed on Caleb Williams. But if you're the person who drafts Caleb Williams and he doesn't pan out, you just shrug your shoulders and go, I was supposed to draft Caleb Williams. It's it's like Conor McGregor. When Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather, if he wins, he's the only guy to ever beat Floyd Mayweather. But if he loses, well, I'm like one of 50-some-odd guys that lost to Floyd Mayweather. There's no shame in this. This is a can't-lose you draft Caleb Williams, that one's easy. Now, I agree on the Marvin Harrison. He is the 101 for me. Um, I, I like to, to use this, this phrasing. You'll hear this a lot this offseason as we get into more rookie stuff. He is the best prospect since. Like Caleb Williams is the best prospect since Trevor Lawrence. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver prospect. Doesn't mean he's going to be the best in his class, the best of all t- but he is the best prospect since Calvin Johnson. And if he goes to a team, because normally these wide receivers, they go early. Their teams are usually crappy. They don't have a good quarterback. He would be going to Kyler Murray. One thing about Kyler Murray is he throws a pretty good deep ball. He scrambles around. He extends plays. Uh, There's other weapons in Arizona. Um, I like Malik Neighbors. I think Malik Neighbors, there's the Malik Neighbors tier. It's Marvin Harrison here. Malik Tabor, Malik Neighbors, excuse me, here. And then you have Roma Dunze and the rest of these guys on the back half. Um, I think you're starting to hear the neighbors talk of being the, the wide receiver one in this class because, A, there's Marvin Harrison fatigue. We've heard about him for so long. And, Seth, I think people just like being contrarians. I, I I'm right there with you, man. I, I that's how I feel about this whole Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields talk too. like it. There's fandom to that, you know, and, and we all love Justin Fields and what he could potentially be. But you're absolutely right when you say that Ryan pulls like, this is the easiest decision in all of decisions, man. Like because you cannot be the guy like we all we were we witnessed a general manager who passed on Patrick Mahomes. You cannot be the guy who passed on who some people not me are comparing to the next great prospect at the quarterback position and and the same is true with Marvin Harrison I mean like just just watching him play and and there's there's no disrespect to Malik neighbors because I think he's a fantastic prospect as well and deserves to be the 102 in single quarterback leagues Marvin Harrison Jr. is just different like he's one like Caleb Williams is one of the best prospects i've seen at the quarterback position in the last five years i'd go so far as to say like yeah like same deal for marvin harrison like he's he's just different man like i don't know what else to say it it's it's he's a special player in my estimation yeah and fate's messenger in the youtube chat he he well he or she whatever it it mm-hmm. says, if you're in a full point PPR league, does that make you consider Marvin Harrison Jr. even more? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I actually think that makes me consider Malik Neighbors a little bit more. Um, you can push Marvin Harrison Jr. in a half point PPR format. You can push him even further because I think that he's got like 
I don't, I don't think I know he's got bigger play upside on a game in, game out, play in, play out basis. But if you start getting into full point PPR, that's where I think neighbors can close that gap. So it's a really good question because I see neighbors having the potential to be that volume hog, to be that Justin Jefferson, to be a Cooper Cup, to be a guy who he may give you a lot of eight for 80s with or without some touchdowns, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'll take all the eight reception for 80-yard wide receivers you can ever put on my roster. Super easy. But I think you'll you'll see a lot more of those like five for 120s uh, with, with Marvin Harrison and, and a lot of those two and three touchdown games. So that, that made it easy for me. Uh, I, but I love this next one. This next one I absolutely love because I like poking the bear. Um, Brock Bowers is the greatest tight end prospect of all time. And I, I will say that as I ask you if this is news or is this noise. And did you see him standing next to Gronk at the Super Bowl? Well, I did not see him standing next to Gronk at the Super Bowl. Did, how did that look? That Not good. <laughs> not good, Seth. <laughs> you know, like that classic, uh, not good, yeah. Bob. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was. But in fairness to him, and really anybody, Rob Gronkowski, yeah. even as a retired guy, is a big man. Yeah, But he, he, he looks small compared to Gronk, and he didn't look. Now, again, looks are deceiving. It's a still shot. He didn't look super athletic. Like I didn't believe it was Brock Bowers, but everybody's like, "No, that's Brock Bowers," because you know, you know that the football helmet—that's you don't always put a face with the, especially when you're learning, you know, these guys. But yeah, it was it was not great for him. Yeah, I I generally just as a as a person, Memphis. Whenever the greatest prospect, generational talent, you spoke it. Whenever these terms get thrown around in the air my alarm brain bells in my brain kind of go off and it, it, it makes me a little uh, skeptical. So I'll, I'll just admit that at the jump, but I do not think he's the greatest uh, tight end prospect of all time. I mean, there's a guy named, uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez, who's pretty good. Uh, you mentioned Rob Gronkowski. There's a guy in the last tight end class uh, that, you know, these Iowa tight ends. I mean, where do they find these guys? Sam Laporta, who, who who is a lot of people's tight end ones in, in the class? George Kittle also a pretty good tight end. Um, so Hawkinson, no, I, TJ Hawkins, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, yeah, they just grow them on trees. I wish we could find quarterbacks like we could find tight ends. That would be amazing. What a team we would have. Uh, but it's it's I don't know. It I I like, and that's not to say that the, the tape that he puts on display is is impressive. Uh, but he's he's a good player. I don't think he's a great generational type player and definitely not the, the greatest tight end prospect of all time. Like I think, you know, gosh, Sam Laporta. Uh, yeah. And then and somebody in the chat is mentioning Noah Fant too, who hasn't really hit for fantasy, but he was a athletic freak at Iowa too, that was drafted, I think 20th overall in the first round. So yeah, I, I, I can't get there with greatest tight end prospect of all time. I've seen too many good ones, at Iowa, I've seen too many good ones come come into the league. I mean, Tony Gonzalez to me is is up there. Um, would have to be for me. Um, but what do you think, man? Um, well, there's this website. It's pretty awesome. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called PlayerProfiler.com. Yeah. Yeah. What I want you to do is I want you to go there and I want you to look up Vernon Davis. And Vernon Davis had a hell of an NFL career, and um, 
I did when when uh, the season was going on. I hosted one of the gambling shows here at Player Profiler called The Juice, and I will be happy to make a wager that Brock Bowers does not test out at the level of athlete of Vernon Davis. Uh, I think the one thing Brock Bowers does have for him, and, and athleticism is not all that it's cracked up to be, guys. I'm a huge Mike Gusecki guy. While you're at Player Profiler, throw in Mike Gusecki. He had arguably one of the best combines athletically for a tight end ever, and it's never really translated to the field. So the one thing I will say about Brock Bowers is that he's a football player. He He's done it early uh, as a freshman. He had 56 catches, 882 yards, and 13 touchdowns. That's in the SEC with a run first team. Think about the running backs that were on that 2021 Georgia team and the defense they had. They didn't have to throw the ball a bunch. So clearly special. He's a big man. And again, don't be confused by the Gronk pick if you go find it. 6'4", 240. For me, I'm not rushing to draft this guy. Um, Now, will I have a a share or two? Absolutely. Because, you know, I want to be, you know, divested. I don't want to have all of one guy. But I I think there's just going to be this drumbeat, and I think it's going to get even crazier if he lands in a a premium position. Uh, I've seen mock drafts where he goes to the Chargers. I think that would, especially in a in a Jim Harbaugh offense, and 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 I think that would be one of them. But I I think we need to learn our lesson. Oh, by the way, by the way, let's get ahead of this. I got Seth here. Seth, you're you're going to be in on this with me. Also, too. If Brock Bowers doesn't have Sam Laporta's rookie year, he's not bad. Seth, can we agree to that? Yeah, yeah, we can definitely agree to that. And what you said it, because uh, uh, I've learned my lessons over the years, and Mike Gusecki was probably one of my biggest lessons that I've learned when it comes to athletic tight ends. The first ever article that I wrote for Player Profiler was how I thought that Mike Gusecki could be the next tight end one in Dynasty. It was a bold take article. Just the profile, the combine, you said like unbelievable. And just it's it, it's just a cautionary tale. I'm not saying Brock Bowers is going to turn into Mike Gasecki. I'm not saying that because I think he's going to be a good player. But we like we just because Sam Laporta had a great season as a rookie, like that's kind of an outlier historically. So we just need to temper our expectations. And there's a good chance that Brock Bowers doesn't do what you, you think he should do especially if he gets drafted like to a place that is not a fantasy conducive spot, like landing spots going to matter for this guy too. So don't, I agree with you. I like out of all these top guys, like Brock Bowers is the one that, you know, scares me the most out of all of them. And, and tight end is, is such a hard, we think quarterback is hard to predict, but the, the tight end is just as bad. Because for every Sam Laporta, there's an Evan Ingram who flashes and then takes the next four years off and then has a renaissance in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be Trey McBride. It's, it's yep. you know, who has a bad rookie year because he's splitting time with a veteran who in and of himself is a pretty good tight end in Zach Ertz. And, 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 and then you know, you'll have everything in between. By the way, um, Michael Mayer, go get him. Especially if he gets a QB upgrade. Um, We saw what uh, Luke Getze did for Cole Komet's breakout year this year. You want to be a year, you want to be ahead of your league mates while they're still 
coming out of the post-Super Bowl fog. Now's a good time to go kick tires on Michael Mayer. Uh, from a tight end perspective, yeah, but we like Brock Bowers. We're just not getting off of our skis uh, or over our skis because we've been down the Kyle Pitch Road before, and it's uh, it's not always paved with gold. Uh, yeah. l- last one, the 2024 running back class is one of the slimmest, and by slimmest, I mean not plentiful, dynasty RB classes in recent memory. I think it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, I, 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 I agree. It's not the strongest of classes, but I, I just recently dug into some of these running backs and there's some that I like. And every time we've done two of these mock drafts on mock draft live, which everybody should check out. We, maybe we get you on there, Memphis to do a mock draft. Um, the running backs that are falling to the third, sometimes the fourth round. I mean, we're talking about the Marshawn Lloyds of the world, the Ray Davises of the world, who like Ray Davis is one of those guys on tape that I'm a big fan of. Dylan Johnson from Washington. Uh, Will Shipley is a guy that's continually falling to the fourth round. And then this guy named Jalen Wright from Tennessee, who I still haven't been able to figure out. Like, because Tennessee ran this weird, it's seemingly like the same running play, every play, which is like a shotgun handoff zone read sometimes they pull the guards i don't know i don't know what they're doing but uh like i think there's there's gonna be a few hits here and i like i would just advise dynasty gamers these third and fourth round picks like if you can go acquire some of these reasonably not giving up too much just get get as many of these as you can because just like i always like to do this anyway take shots on the ray davises of the world the Jalen Wrights of the world, like especially him, like he went in the fourth round of our mock draft tonight. And I was shocked. Like that's a guy that could hit and hit big. He's like, he's big, he's fast, he's physical. Like there's some running backs I like in this class. So I I don't know if slimmest is the right way to say it. It's not the greatest, but there's some interesting players that I'm not going to be afraid to take swings on in the third, third and fourth round in these in these rookie drafts. This is why I brought this man on. I, I, I set him up for this. He answered it just as I thought it would. I think what this class is missing, especially coming off of last year, is the marquee guy like B. John Robinson. That's who we had last year. It was B. John at the top of the marquee. You had Jameer Gibbs, who also went in the first round, had a wonderful rookie season in his own right. And I, I think people are afraid they're not going to see that. I could not agree more. Stack up on those late seconds, early thirds, uh, even in one QB leagues. Um, the, the quarterbacks won't push more of those guys down there. But I, I am just going to continue to try to, to cherry pick landing spots. I think landing spots going to be good. We already mentioned a bunch we like, Houston, Cincinnati, Chargers, my, my, I guess Miami's got A-chain, but you get my point. We're going to be looking for Dallas. We're going to be looking for premier positions and, and low barrier to entry. Like nothing nothing would do me um, good than speaking of Devon A-chain where he was behind uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, and then all of a sudden he started getting mixed in, and, and that's what you're looking for. Who and, and here you go. Here's the math. You learned you heard it from me and you heard it from Seth. The math is running back decent draft capital in a good offense with an offensive-minded head coach 
with uh, the term the Podfather invented a few years ago was meat shield, with nothing more than a meat shield in front of it. That's the combination. Decent draft capital by decent, decent's changed. So anywhere from rounds two through round four, that's decent draft capital. Uh, a, a, a crusty veteran meat shield in front of them that's going to slow them down and going to be a perceived barrier to entry. Voila, those are the running backs you should be looking for, Seth. Yeah, it were, uh, another way to say that is a path to, to opportunities, right? It, it, you know, like just get, give them an opportunity to get on the field. And a lot of these running backs have the skills. Like some, some of them are really good in pass protection. Some of them can catch the ball out of the backfield. Some of them can run in between the tackles, outside the tackles. Right. So like as a running back that can do multiple things, it's why we it's why somebody like me and player profile was pretty high on Roshan Johnson His pass protection ability. Like there's a path to get on the field and on third down situations for a Chicago team that really didn't have much in front of him. Now, he hasn't broken out yet and we aren't right yet. I don't think we're wrong yet either, but it's it's situations like that. I think the Roshan Johnson example is a good one, like just that there's a path there even if even though he got drafted in the fourth round there's a path to fantasy rel- relevance and playing time well uh, you are preaching to the Roshan Johnson choir because i am also a big Roshan Johnson guy i think with the bears free agency is going to tell us a lot about what they have planned for that backfield Uh, Deonta Foreman's another one of those free agents. Obviously, Roshan's on his rookie deal, so he'll be there. But I think the Bears are in the top. They may even be number one with cap space. And we've already mentioned how big this free agent class is going to be. So they very well could bring in another running back, and that's okay. You just hope that they have different skills than what Roshan brings to the table because – many a backfield. There's very few bell cows in the league anymore. So um, Roshan is a great call, sir, but 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 that is my news and noise. And uh, I, I want to thank you for having me on. You mentioned your mock draft. Please, uh, as we wrap up, remind the folks where you're producing content and on what platforms. Yeah, so you can follow, you can uh, find me all over the Player Profiler um, YouTube uh, channel. Like I'm on Mock Draft Live, I'm Dyn- Dynasty Roundtable. Uh, mock draft live we're doing mondays um at 6 30 p.m central 7 30 east mock or dynasty roundtables back to weekly episodes 7 p.m central time me and uh my partner in crime matt babich um do all sorts of dynasty he won't be on this episode that's coming up uh because he has uh you know much like jerry he has life going on right now but me and aaron stewart are gonna hold down the fort and cover dynasty stashes this wednesday uh, and you can find my written work on playerprofiler.com as well. Um, I'm doing more written content, video content. So, yeah, it's basically all over Player Profiler, uh, which you should definitely check out. Like To, to me, and I, I know I say this all the time, to me it's the best free source of information out there. I think our player pages, what, what you can get for free is just, to me, second to none. And I, I put it up against anybody um, out, out there for me. Well... A lot of things to unpack there, but I'll I'll do it quickly. First of all, you're right. And that's why I always remind you to subscribe everywhere. Even if you're an audio only, which I'll be honest, that's how I listen to most of the podcasts that I listen to is via my phone because I I, I work in a a manner that allows me to listen but not watch. But 
I still subscribe to everybody's YouTube channel because I know it helps them. It helps the algorithm. If you just jump in and, and, and like a video, just go through and like a few. It doesn't seem like, oh, well, I'm just one person. You would be stunned what that does for our channel and our algorithm. You'll be stunned at what um, commenting on a video, all these things. And, and that's and that's free. None of that costs anything. I mean, we mentioned the Patreon. We mentioned the Dynasty Dominator, the Injury Finder. Those things are five bucks. But when you when you like and subscribe, rate and review the shows and the channels, that's what keeps this free. This th that is what keeps this free because that is another way of, of of keeping everybody working. So when you subscribe, when you do those things, it's huge. Uh, I really want to thank you not only for coming on, but I want to thank you for all that you do for us as content creators at Player Profiler. From I, I don't know how you do it. I used to work for a guy. He he used the term like herding cats. It has to be like trying to herd together a bunch of cats because you're trying to do all of us uh, podcast partners, player profiler people, um, thumbnails, editors, producers. You're putting all this together behind the scenes, not only for your own show, but for this show and other shows. So if you enjoy player profiler content in any fashion, I want you to know that this guy has a big hand in it. So thank you for coming on, but thank you for what you do for all of us. Well, thank you for the kind words. And uh, you, you mentioned herding cats. I, I feel like I did that in a previous uh, profession as well. And I still sub from time to time, but I was a, a nine-year teacher. So I was used to herding cats. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's a part of why you were I'm born for this. Maybe, maybe I was born for this. Maybe I am the, uh, the Caleb Williams of, uh, YouTube managers and edit. who knows, who, kn who knows, maybe I'm one of the better prospects of all time, but you can get Anthony, you can get the hat at baseballism.com. That's where the, you can find the hat. hundred percent. Uh, it's uh, baseball. I S M. Yep. And, uh, Pitchers and catchers reporting, one of the greatest uh, things you can hear, I think. Um, but anyway, like we we'll have to talk baseball another time because we're wrapping it up. But uh, big baseball fan, as you can see, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, some of my earliest memories are Joe Buck and or Jack Buck, not Joe Buck. Sorry, Jack Buck. I was I, I, I'm a man. I feel bad. Joe's Joe's called plenty uh, called plenty of uh, World Series games. Including some of the ones with the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, I know. Can I can I, can I tell you a quick story about Please. them? So, my wife now, um, girlfriend at the time, we're we're going around Bush Stadium, and there's a statue of Jack Buck, right? And there's a family and kids there looking at the statue, and the kids like, "Who is this, uh, Dad? Like, who's this guy?" And and the guy's like, "Well, son, that's a that's a great man who has a bozo for a son." And we we had a a doof no doofus is the word that the the man used so because this is a great that that's a great man right there who just so happens to have a doofus as a son so anyway no like it just it was funny it was a I, funny moment uh, well I I agree um, I, I'll be honest I, I like in game like I'll have no volume on my wife and son will be like how can you watch football with no volume I'm like simple I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. I just want I, I, I just you'll get the occasional good announcers. You'll get like that good crew. Um, like I loved Greg Olson. I think Greg Olson's great. Uh, when Romo first started, I thought Romo was pretty solid. 
Uh, he has since uh, worn on my nerves. But no, man, uh, we will. We will have to get off the air. Um, I mentioned the patrons. So Seth jumped on for 10, 15 minutes before we hit the record button on this show. Uh, we'll, we'll get you back on. We'll do some uh, s- some baseball talk. Baseball is near and dear to my heart. I'm a baseball coach. My son plays you know, a lot of baseball. And, uh, man, sports are great. I don't care if it's... I don't care if it's football, if it's baseball, get your kids into sports. It teaches them so many things, how to be competitor because too many kids don't know how to, Uh, it teaches them how to be a good teammate, teaches them how to win. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about sports, but baseball, that's a shared passion for me and Seth, please check him out. Please check out all of his content. Um, stop by his show, tell him we sent you. And uh, next week, we should have Jerry back as long as work doesn't get in the way. But, man, Seth, thank you so much for jumping on. It was my pleasure. Um, Thank you so much for having me. And um, you guys really need to go give. We're going for a thousand. We're going for a thousand. You'll get there. You'll get you'll you'll probably get fifteen hundred. Who knows? Sixteen hundred, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. You look like a young man, sir. I, when you when I, you I, said try. when you said eight hundred, I thought, how old is this guy? Like hey. how how is it possible that he looks as young hey. as he is? Uh, well, first of all, with modern medicine and my income, <laughs> I could live to be 120, 130 <laughs> years old. So, uh, uh, but anyway, that's my man Seth Diewald. Check him out on Twitter, everywhere. And uh, on behalf of Seth, remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Like I said, we'll get my man Jerry back next week and we'll talk more about the rookie picks. Guys, have a great week. Talk to you on Sunday. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak